How are you doing today, Charlotte? Oh, my God. Um, well, I just got back from the hospital and I am like a human pincushion at the moment. I swear Ugh. they had to take some more more blood um, for my operation. But uh, anyway, yes, uh, apart from that, I am fab. Hi, I'm Charlotte. Hi, I'm Greg. Together, we are the Cancer Twins. Not because we're twins, but we are siblings and I'm a Cancerian. And I'm a Gemini. And we've both either been through or are currently going through cancer treatment. Please bear in mind that neither of us are medical professionals, neither of us are psychiatrists. It's purely just two people sharing our personal experiences having either gone through cancer or starting our journey. The point of this podcast is to perhaps shed a bit more light on something that's become a bit of a taboo subject. But living with cancer and being a young person is something that both of us have some experience of. And so we found great comfort in talking to each other about this. And we hope others might find the same if they're listening. From time to time, we do tend to use bad language. So if this offends, this may not be the right podcast. Likewise, obviously, the subject of cancer is a very sensitive one, and it might not be suitable for everyone, especially if you find this particularly distressing. So just please bear that in mind. It may not be the right channel for you. How was your appointment with the surgeon today? Okay, well, um, some progress. Um, I must say, in a weird way, we're kind of knowing the same that we knew before. Um mm. So obviously, uh, we talked about the fact that the biopsy, the MRI guided biopsy was not um, successful. Complete flop, it sounds like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, complete waste of time. (laughs) Um, uh, But uh, likewise, the previously the mammogram, and that's what I can think of the name of it before, but the mammogram that checked my lymph nodes Mm -hmm. clear. Um, Obviously, this slight shading is of some concern, but it definitely doesn't seem to look like the rest of the tumour. So it's whether or not it might develop into something. That's the the reason for trying to take a biopsy just in case. Okay. Um, the other thing is, uh, so I, as you know, I did a bit of research into potential links between you and sarcoma, your your type of oh, yeah. cancer and yeah. other known cancers because there was something the uh, surgeon could remember about there being a, a possible link so as you know I, I did a bit of research into ewing's being potentially connected to other um other type forms of cancer especially uh those that are relatives first or second connection rela- relatives if you like first or second step so you and i right um, just because it's still a really developing field of research, obviously cancer is in generally, but it's very unusual one. So there was a study in Utah that suggested that those um, who have Ewing their themselves and their cl- fo- close close family members, even sometimes three steps away, um, tend to have a higher likelihood of developing cancer, um, okay. various different types of cancers. Um mm. It's still something that's not clear yet, but uh, on proportion, most of those are either brain or or breast cancers. So obviously this, I looked this up, um, I found this paper, it's quite recent, and I sent it to the surgeon um, 
to discuss with a geneticist who they've been discussing it. So based on that, they're doing further tests on my blood now to to look for other genes as well, just to see if there is anything that might be alarming. Um, obviously, uh, oh gosh, it still hurts so much. Yeah, they look like they've been bashed about today. Yeah, they had to take more blood. But anyway, um, so, so yeah, so I won't know the results for a little while. So the question was, do they delay my surgery? And right. so they had a big consultation today with those other sort of experts um, to discuss my specific case. And um, the information at the, ma- um, the moment does suggest go ahead, remove the tumour, undertake radiotherapy, and then go from there. All right. Well, that's promising. At least we're still but, on track that. Well, but um, but obviously, in light of our family history and there being a possibility that there's something genetic now in in the works, they're considering it. It they're sort of thinking perhaps to delay, um, and so this is what I was um, presented with. Really, is a choice where firstly, do we delay? But more importantly, if the, if it was to be found that there was something genetic that flagged um they would recommend consideration of a full um um, mastectomy of both breasts perhaps and maybe even of my ovaries as well as a preventative measure against yeah the development of of cancers in the future which is something that you know i have considered and discussed with you and I asked, you know, what would be the likelihood? And he said, it, you know, it's very hard to tell because everybody's different. And ultimately, it's just worked on what percentage you're likely to develop a cancer of the breast, say. And obviously, I've already developed cancer of the breast. So it doesn't mean that I'm more likely to develop it again. You know, it doesn't it doesn't measure that kind of thing, whether it's it's a so. Um, the first thing is they will be doing a genetic analysis on the tumor to see how um, how it behaves and, and what it was likely to have done and, and what stage it was and all that kind of thing, get a bit more information, and then we'll discuss it again anyway. Um, but my view on it was that if I was perhaps in my 50s or 60s and or even older maybe and perhaps wouldn't survive the the treatments that would go along with with dealing with a harsh cancer or or my scenario was different let's say I might consider it but where I am right now in my life and um, with what I know I wouldn't want to have something as extreme and invasive done to me as a precaution when it may not benefit me because I know that the psychological emotional and physical impact on me is going to be oh, yeah. huge and that would that- be so traumatic wouldn't it, it that that would yeah. be like i think the equivalent really to that is like some people have to be amputated if they get you know um it would it, it 100% be on par with that if not it might even be further on than that because these are such personal places in you on on your body right yeah. well 
you know, I, I don't think you can measure impact on an individual because we're all different. So um, people have different resilience levels and things. And so something that could be very minor to me um, could be a huge thing to someone else and vice versa. So, I mean, mm. but the reality is either way is that I know in my mind that I wouldn't want to do that if I yeah. that there was a strong chance that I also w- wouldn't develop anything. So. Mm. I would, and knowing that they are aware that I am due to have radiotherapy on that area anyway, which could combat anything anyway that might develop. Um, And also to know that they're going to continue to undertake regular tests and probably have to have regular MRIs um, just to monitor my situation. I feel more confident that if anything were to change, they would catch it early. Then I would perhaps consider something more extreme if it yeah. were to return or or my my situation change. And this isn't like they're saying to me, if you don't have a mastectomy, you will die of this in X amount of years. Yeah. So if I was presented with that proposal, that situation then perhaps I think very differently. But whilst mm. there is a chance to save my boobs, I <laughs> want to save them because I'm very attached to them. They're my favourite feature. <laughs> I don't want to lose My favourite thing. They're the best thing um, about me. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Uh, I, I don't, I, you know, and I'm already going to have to deal with the fact that obviously they're going to have to remove something. There is going to be... A two-inch scar. They've yeah. told me that I'm going to have. It might um, at the moment they don't think I need reconstructive, but there may be a. a in, it may um, indent, right? Is that yeah. what you're looking at? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like there may be an indentation, um, or, or something like that, and I might have to have follow-up surgery to correct things if if necessary. So. Um, and as you know as well, with the fibroids uh, in the uterus, they've uh, the large fibroid I've got that's six centimeters. They separately with the um, the IVF, they are recommending that I have that removed. And yeah. I uh, my understanding now is that fibroids are actually benign cancers, so they're benign growth that many women have, but. Knowing what I know, I, I think I'd definitely want to have that removed as well, just, yeah, to, sure, just right? to be safe as a precaution. Yeah, I, th- I think that one's a bit more of like, you know, that one you can take as a precautionary method and also probably will ease your mind a bit, especially if it is that large. But yeah, when it's just like, yeah, we're going to remove both your breasts. Yeah, but also the facts are that um, it can cause miscarriage. Right. But so there's also that reason to to remove them. Remove it. So that sounds like a better precaution to take, especially as like how how large it is, and mm. yeah, put you put your mind at rest. I, I think rather than them to actually remove your something as personal as your breasts and your ovaries as a precaution, right? Yes. Yeah. And again, I want to have children, so I mm. you know. Uh, where I am right now, I'm pretty clear, but they said it was really helpful, I guess, that I had thought about this. I talked it over 
um, and I knew my own mind on on that scenario. So we're not going to delay surgery because I know that even in that instance, this would be my decision. And I didn't want Jack or anyone else to be present because I knew that their decision might be we do everything possible to save your life regardless, yeah. which it, when you're in that situation, of, as we've discussed, that's very different. It's like the whole toenail scenario that you had where oh, yeah. as a precaution, they removed your toenails and you've got so many problems now with your toenails. And it, yeah. it seems like it was a, probably a completely unnecessary thing. And oh, yeah. if it was your choice, you've openly said to me, you wouldn't have made that choice, but because it was mom and dad's choice, because you were a child. And of course, in their minds, and I can totally understand why they thought it, you know, we do everything we can to ensure that his life is is the, the main priority, that he's okay. And then these things we can live with. But when it's yourself and your body and you're like, yeah, but is it something it's I It's my can? choice. Oh, and, yeah. And with all these things, obviously, the doctors only know as much as they know. It's a calculated risk. It's based on percentage. It's based on the information we have at the time. And so I have to, whatever decision is a risk and has has um it's going to have an impact it's going to have repercussions there are going to be consequences so it's for me now to decide in my body in my life where I am and everything what is a calculated risk that I can live with and what is one that I can't or I don't yeah I I get that I get that and I, I what I think is good is you've been able to I think tap into that experience that I went through obviously I told mum and dad no do not remove my toenails they don't need to come off and they did it anyway and now they are you know I do have problems and I've been working so hard to get them back to normal and I still haven't had that written apology (laughs) (laughs) I know I know but this is the thing and that's why this is part of the reason that decided to put these chats that you and I have um, out there as well because not everybody has the ability to talk to someone and I'll tell you one more thing before um, we finish Um, so there is another student doing similar thing to me on the course that I'm very friendly with and um, she had told me before that she had um, brain tumor as a child and so she has had chemo radiotherapy everything a lot and I spoke to her today and she was amazing person to speak to so Mm. inspirational so down to earth um similar problems and issues that you deal with and and you know the whole fertility thing she she has uh her own sort of a background where she had chemo so she completely understood these things and her perspective was so useful to me and reassuring and the more people I speak to I feel better anyway and the more I talk about it but also talking to people who are survivors that have defeated this that are living their lives that are similar to me that is amazing and so I hope that someone else might find similar solace in what we are doing um but yeah so now um that bit's done I've my appointment's in two weeks from now so it's 16th so um I nothing really to do until then. They are putting radioactive dye in the tumor on the 15th to um so they can find the lymph nodes that are connected. So they're going to take a biopsy of those just mm. to be really sure. And then that's it, um, 16th, and then it's out, and then and then I'll know more after that. So really now tomorrow it's just my egg collection. Cool. So at least you get a bit of respite until the next two weeks. You won't have any more people 
taking in taking bloods and injections and stuff and yeah. I can actually remember a couple of times that I yeah. had it done that's why I had like, more blood today but that was for the operation so hopefully yeah. hopefully that's it for a bit after tomorrow so bit, bit of a brain no, I do know that feels okay well that that's that's a good update we'll look we'll, we'll check in tomorrow and uh see how you get on fab well yeah fingers crossed lots of viable eggs everyone Pl- please pray for me fingers crossed okay all right see you hopefully i'll be well enough to speak to you tomorrow real speak soon bye bye bye